G'day guys, welcome to Talk Shop, the workshop talk show. We are your hosts, Al and Imo, husband and wife duo, building our dream lifestyle one project at a time. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work. And pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. G'day guys, we're back again. It's another episode of Talk Shop, the workshop talk show. And as promised, we are recording on the Thursday. So we just dropped an episode yesterday for you guys. And now, as we mentioned in that episode, we were like, oh yeah, we're going to try and record on Thursdays and put it out the following Wednesday to give you, Imo, a bit more time. Yeah, we are actually sitting in the van. Um, we are looking at some beautiful fields. There's a little bit of a dam. There's lots of sheep, lots of beautiful gum trees, a dirt road. It is such a stunning spot. And I'm like, why haven't we been doing this sooner? This feels so nice. Goldie is with our mum at home. It is 12.49 p.m. And we're, yeah, recording on the side of the road. Yeah, we're in our van, our mobile podcast studio. And it's awesome. Like, I hope the sound quality comes out good enough for you guys. Like, it matches what we've been doing because hopefully this can be our new thing. Yeah, I, I really like it. I'm all for it. So, I mean, I don't know if it would work if it was raining. Yes. That would be really annoying. Point. And it rains a lot. It does. But anyway, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We're sitting in the van and we've just been organizing a bunch of stuff at home for our house build. We've got so much to do and it's getting to the crunch time where we're about to film all the content and then start creating all this content that we've got all these brands on board for, which is really exciting. It's like, it's finally at that point in time where we're like, oh man, we're going to do all this fun stuff and the house is really going to come together. Yeah, it's crazy because I feel like for so long we've been talking about it and planning it and now it's time to actually execute it so we're doing lots of like run sheets and shot lists and making sure that we can get like the most out of our time and we've organized like a full day of filming where we'll have a videographer come in and we've got like a really strict like timeline of how we want the day to run and I don't know it's just so exciting like knowing that the house is getting to that point now where it's actually going to be like really exciting to like create content and some really cool footage and stuff and I think like not only will this be like exciting for people who are interested in home builds and renovations, but it's going to be so fun to look back on when Goldie's older and to be able to be like, oh, this is the first home we built. We actually like filmed the whole thing. We've got it on camera. We can go back and watch it. And yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm really excited about like capturing it all and just having that like memory and diary of how it yeah. all happened. Yeah. That's what I really enjoy about creating content is you have these like diary entries of the, that period of your life, you know, and this is a big period of our lives where we're building our first home. We've got, you know, Goldie's growing up. It's just like a cool stage to have all these videos and all these conversations on the podcast as well. We can go back to like 20 years from now and it's all saved there and we can be like, wow, remember when we were doing that? So yeah, it is really cool that we are going to have that visual diary to come back to and like remember the house build and how it goes and you know maybe depending on how this goes we might move in this direction as a business and go down this route in the future so we'll see how it goes guys and we'll keep you all updated on the podcast and let you know where you can find all that content as well yeah totally so this week's episode spurred on from a review we received from a listener and this is from Alex and she says, hey, lovelies, potty question for you. I wasn't sure whether to ask this in Talk Shop or Insiders or on here. She DM'd us via Instagram and both 
uh, acceptable ways of contacting us. Anyway, I'm making my way through all of your episodes and it's giving me so many ideas for my private practice as a dietitian. Imo, I know you have a lot of experience with small businesses and you said you've worked with people in health before. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about strategies to sell yourself and a service and how that might differ from selling a product. Or does it? Hopefully not too broad of a question, but thought you might have some good tips anyway. And so, Alex, for this topic, we thought we'd talk about positioning yourself as an expert in the industry, because when you're a service-based business or your product-based business, it all comes down to the fact that this is what you do. You're known for that specific thing and how you can sell yourself from there by positioning yourself as an expert. So we'll go through 10 tips to position yourself as an expert in the industry. Yeah. So the first one we've got is consistency is key. And that's in regards to like putting yourself out there, releasing free content for people to consume. You have to be consistent with this stuff and you need to keep showing up over and over again for them. Like, you know, for us as a business, we've chosen the podcast, we've got Instagram, we've got blogs, like we do a lot of different types of content. We don't expect every business out there to do as much as we do in regards to like all the different platforms we're showing up on, but you need to pick some certain content pillars that you're going to show up on and be consistent with this because that's where people are going to continuously see you and then they're going to start to trust you and know you and be like, oh, this person knows what they're talking about, don't they? Yeah. And so I've got a client of mine who has a um, children's therapy clinic. It's a private practice and she has a whole bunch of therapists who work for her her, and it's all specifically around children's play therapy. And what they do is they do these like really amazing small blog posts and they consistently bring about two out per week and they're all on their website. They also email these blogs out to their email database and they post it on their social media. So they create the core content and then they distribute it through the different platforms that they use, which is their website, their email marketing, Facebook, and Instagram. And then that way they're just consistently showing up. They've got like a structure of what kind of content they want to create. And each week they do it. And they're generally just like a parenting tip or like, you know, like struggles that you can come across with parenting, whether it be like, you know, how to reduce the screen time with your children or something like that. And they pick these little topics and each week they bring out like one or two blog posts. Yeah. I think that's a great way to go because We were having a bit of a chat before about if I was to be a maker on my own without you helping me out doing all this content creating together, I would probably go down that route of creating blogs and talking about what problems I'm solving for the customer. So for us, it would be like creating storage bed solutions for customers. I've posted this blog recently. You've already done it, but this is what I'm saying is if this was just me on my own and I had to figure out what's my best form of content to put out, I would go the blog route because I don't love getting the camera out and filming myself and, you know, podcasting would be hard as a solo person. So I think a blog is a great way to go because you can put imagery, you can put a little bit of wording that explains why you do what you do and why it is beneficial for the customers. And then you can spread that across your emails, your Instagram, all those things. And that's where the blogging to me is such an easy form of content to like spread across a bunch of different platforms where you can reach a a broad market. 
Yeah, so basically going back to the whole point at this this point is about being consistent. So showing yeah. up over and over and over again and picking your key messaging pillars and consistently providing useful information. So be really consistent in your messaging and your imagery and then also make sure that you stay on topic. So it's just about showing up all the time. And I actually had a friend recently message me and she's just like, you guys are so consistent with your Instagram. And it came on a day where I was just like, I don't feel that way at all. Like I felt like I hadn't posted in like a week. I was feeling really sloppy about it. And then she was like, no, you guys are just like constantly on the ball. You're always bringing something out. And you've got to remember that like you could post once a week or once a fortnight and that's still consistent. Just pick like the amount you want to do and just go for that. And just as as long as you're consistently showing up and your messaging's clear and you're not all over the shop, like talking about this then talking about that then talking about this, like, you know, Keep it on brand. Yeah. And I think it's about, like you said, just pick how often you're going to put it out and be consistent with that. Build that as a habit. And then once you've got that as a habit in your lifestyle, in your business, then you can think about adding some more, but start small, you know, don't give yourself Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, all these different things and think that you have to tackle everything all at once. Just get your head around one thing. And then add the next. Well, I would say to that point is you have your core content and then you distribute the same information across different yeah. platforms. So it's you can be across all of them, but don't feel like you have to create different Yeah, like I was saying platform. about the blog. Yeah. Like you can spread a blog across your emails, your Instagram, your Facebook, all those things, and it's the one piece of content and you just use snippets of it through each of them. Yeah. The next point is to be visible. So unless you're communicating your knowledge to others, you'll never be able to build a reputation as an expert. So it's really important that, you know, you know all of this information, you're a wealth of knowledge. You probably have so much info stored in your head, but if you don't share that publicly, people will never know. So what you can do here is use all of your own platforms to share this knowledge. So you're, like we just mentioned, your website, your email list, your social media, and share your knowledge on other people's platforms too. So you can cross promote with aligning businesses. You can guest blog. You can do interviews. You know, if you're a dietitian, are there any other health, you know, practitioners that you can cross promote with? Is there ways that you can get in front of other people's audiences that also align with your own? Yeah, I think that's a great way to be visible is to share content with people that's brands align with yours. We do that all the time with Alan Imo. Like, you know, Sage and Claire's a big one that we constantly are featuring their products in our photo shoots. It gets shared on their socials and everything. And it just creates a bigger audience for us and it makes us more visible to people that may not have found us otherwise. Yeah. The next one would be establishing your niche. So over time, you'll discover what you're really passionate about. And after trying out all different types of furniture, we discovered that storage beds is where our passion really met with our customers' wants. So basically, like, you know, for a long time, we built all sorts of types of furniture. And then it just got to the point where we were like, people want storage beds. We love making storage beds. This is the niche that we're going to go down into. And we're definitely not experts in the whole like furniture making field. I would never go ahead and say like, we're expert furniture makers, but I think we're pretty good when it comes to storage beds. Like I feel like in that tiny niche, we know what we're talking about. Yeah, totally. And I think this point really goes into the fact that you don't need to be an expert in everything. It's just pick something that you know you're really passionate about and good at and are going are willing to grow your business in that direction and hone in on that. You don't have to be the expert in the whole field. Like you just said, Imo, we are not furniture making experts. We don't know all the joints. We don't know all the timbers, the glues, the products. Like 
That's not us. Our niche is in making storage beds and bedroom furniture. And so that's where we're honing in on with our customers and our target market. And that is what we're focusing our efforts on, aren't we? Yeah, 100%. And I think also in terms of like niching down with your content pillars. So content pillars are basically deciding the things that you are going to talk about consistently over and over and over again. And although we do make bedroom furniture, I think our overarching message is lifestyle. So we've, we've, we're designing our dream lifestyle one project at a time. Like that is our brand mission. That's what we preach constantly. And we also like to encourage other people like, you can build your dream lifestyle too. Like, what is it? What are those small decisions that you're going to make that creates the world you want to live in? Like, how are you going to do that? So when it comes to social media and blogging and stuff, not only do we talk about our furniture and the problems that it solves, but we also talk about lifestyle. And we've found that some of the most engaging content that we create is around our family, parenting, food, travel, um, and all of those things. And although that's so wildly different to us building furniture, it kind of encapsulates like, well, this is actually the lifestyle that goes hand in hand with the furniture that we provide. So we are trying to promote a healthy lifestyle, a considered lifestyle, and one that's really beautiful as well. Yeah, I think that's a major part of establishing your niche is putting your personality back into whatever it is that you do for a living as well. Like we had some students in the course that make furniture, yes, but they're also really into music and like getting that as part of their personality to come through in their branding was what they decided to do. And this guy, Jared, shout out again. We always shout you out. And Catherine, Jared and Catherine from Gorman Furniture. And Liam from Fort Kingsley also makes beautiful record holders and record playing stands. And so he obviously entwines music into his brand story as well. So yeah, I think bringing your personality is is so important because, you know, like say for instance, you've got a handful of doctors and then there's this one doctor that shares a similar interest to you and you've got all of this that you can connect on on a more personal level, maybe you'll feel more confident and comfortable with that person. So whatever niche and industry that you're in, it's okay to share some of your passions and excitements outside of your niche as well because that could be a really great way to connect with your customer. Yeah, for sure. Um, The fourth point we've got is keep studying and stay informed. So this means You want to keep up to date with what's going on in your industry, the trends, like all the technologies that are coming out, the new tools, like make sure that you're up to date with everything that's going on, the research, you know, especially as a dietitian, for example, you're going to be, there's constantly research going on into nutrition and dietetics and, you know, the new study on a certain type of food and stuff and you want to stay informed so that you can start putting that information out to your followers or the potential customers to show that you're really up to date with what's going on in your industry. Yeah. So I have been recently seen a specialist. He's a naturopath and I'm going to him because I've got lots of gut issues. And basically when I landed on his website, he had a video of him talking to camera and basically just explaining like who he is and what he does and how he feels about the industry. And Al and I watched this video and we were like, oh my God, we love this guy. Like it just felt like such a personal way to instantly feel connected to this person. I'm like, I trust this guy already and I really want to go and see him and speak to him personally. Yeah, I know. And the video wasn't even like a high quality production or anything. It was just basically him outlining what a lot of people's problems are. They go to these doctors, they don't get answers. They get sent away saying there's nothing wrong with you. And he's like, hey, I'm going to do a deep dive and find out what's wrong with you. I've helped all these people. And 
yeah, it was just, it sold us straight away because it was like, he's answering the questions that we were asking ourselves every day. And yeah, that was a great way to sell his product. Yeah. And I think, you know, by keeping up to date and informed, that's, that could be by like, you know, researching and learning constantly, subscribing to newsletters and blogs and podcasts, and just communicating your view through your website, blog, your email and your social media. So like gathering lots of new information, spinning it into your own words or how you're applying it to your business, and then providing that information to your audience as well, particularly as a dietitian people are coming to you because they've got a major issue and they really, really need help. And I think if you can create a catalogue of information on your website, automatically all your social media or both, everything would be ideal is that they read through it and they go like, oh my gosh, yes, I need to know about that. Yes, that answers that question. Yes, that answers that question. 100%, I want to go to this person because they specifically are tailored to what I need to know. And I'm pretty sure, Alex, uh, we've talked before in the past and you're doing dietitians for people who have come through breast cancer. So again, like that is such a niche area. So I think like having so much information around that um, and there's so much to unpack around breast cancer and then obviously the diet dietetics that go with it. So I think there's so much content there for you to create that super niche that will speak directly to the customer. Yeah. And with this one, like staying informed and researching and studying and stuff, a good way to do this if you're a maker, like a lot of you out there listening are, is to just ask your peers. Like we've got people that we can go to to ask information about different techniques, different types of seals. That's really what we've set up with our Furniture Friends platform and the Talk Shop Insiders is that's a place where we can all go and share information. And that's a great way to stay up to date with what's new, who's, where to get your tools, all these things. It's a great platform to do that. And so, yeah, anyone out there listening who's thinking, oh, how do I keep learning? There's plenty of people out there in your industry that are experts that would be willing to share their knowledge with you. Yeah. And maybe they're just experts in a particular niche. Like someone's just, you know, knows everything about tools. So you go to that person for that. Someone knows everything about timber. So you go to that person for that. You know, somebody know, like there's someone who knows everything about like the seals that you use or whatever it might be. Like people have got really exceptional skills in p particular areas. And I think if you can find those people um, and, and get that information from them, that's so amazing. And also understanding like what your personal skills are and where you really shine and be able to share that knowledge too. Yeah. And I think this also goes back to what I was briefly touched on before is you don't have to know everything. So if a customer comes to you and they're like, oh, do you know about this certain thing and you have no idea about it, you can be honest and upfront and just say, I don't, but I'll find out for you. And then you get the information from an expert and you come back to them and say, hey, look, I've figured this out. This is blah, blah, blah. I've figured it out for you. Yeah. A good example of this is yesterday I had a client call me and they're like, Imo, I need help with this marketing of this, that, whatever. And I've like done their website and social and I've done their website and photography and, and lots of stuff for them. And, and basically what they need is Facebook advertising. And I was just like, look, I am no expert when it comes to Facebook advertising. I've done, I've dabbled in it a little bit for our business, but I'm definitely not confident enough to do it for somebody else's business or try to teach somebody how to do it. And so I then like passed on the information of an agency that I know who does it really well. And I wasn't going to pretend like I know. I was like absolutely out of my depth and I'm not going to, you know, mess around with your money because Facebook advertising could get really expensive if you get it wrong. 
Um, so I think it's definitely like when you come across a question and someone goes, hey, do you have the answer for this? If you don't, I think it's better to be upfront and find someone who does have that information for them rather than trying to like pretend like you know. Yeah. Don't pretend to be someone you're not and stick to what you actually know because then you're not going to be trying to lie through your teeth about some answer that you're making up on the t- on the spot. And this brings us seamlessly into the next one, which is number five, stay concise and stay relevant. So if you want to come across as the expert in your chosen field, you need to identify what questions people are asking and then answer them directly and confidently. And I, my biggest piece of advice here is just keep it simple. And so we have a friend who's a dietitian and anytime we ask him a question, he goes on these like long rants and uses all of these like crazy big words and explains all of this stuff. And it just like, my eyes glaze over and it just goes completely over my head. I'm like, sorry, what, what, but what do I actually do? Like, I just want to know what to do. I don't really care too much about all of the ins and outs of what's going on. I just want the answer. And that's literally what people want. They want a really clear answer. And if you can come back to them saying, here's the answer in like a really short form, they're going to be like, amazing. Great. Yeah, totally. And I think this goes into all types of communication throughout your business. You got to simplify everything as much as you can. Like if you have a full, you know, 50 word paragraph of something that you want to explain to someone, try and cut it down to like 10 words if you can and explain the exact same thing because it's going to be so much more clear and bite-sized for someone who wants to consume that information. If you don't need to use all those extra words, don't use them because it just confuses people a lot of the time. Yeah. And this is where like bigger headings in your websites come in so handy because imagine someone's just scanning. They're literally scrolling your website really quickly on their phone. You can have all of this text written, but to break it up with like subheadings that like, you know, just pinpoint something that people can be like, oh, yep. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Cool. And then if someone asks you questions, just answer it really concisely and quickly. And this applies to your website, your newsletters, your social media and community spaces. So whenever anyone asks you a question, just keep it super simple. Yeah. And I think as time goes on, you'll start to recognize that the same questions keep coming around and you'll generally have figured out the answers to these in a concise, easy way for people to understand that doesn't take you long to explain. So this is something that you'll learn over time gets a lot easier. Yep. The next one is value your expertise and others will too. So this is really important. You don't want to undervalue your experience and you need to price yourself accordingly. So if I was to go to a specialist and they were like, if I was to go see a dietitian and their rate said that they were $25 for a session, I'd probably be like warning signs. Is this person actually legit? You expect to pay a lot more than that. So you need to make sure that your pricing is, you know, in line with the service that you're providing as an expert. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, we've numerous times over our business career, we've changed our price list and put things up and it's really matched our customer experiences. Like in the last episode, we spoke about how to attract high paying clients. Sometimes you literally just charge more and you attract a different target market. So it's also about valuing your expertise levels as well. Obviously we've put up our our prices over time as our skills have developed, as our brand has become more refined and the products have become more refined. It's to match the products to the pricing. 
Yeah. And one of your other things in there was talking about sales. And so when it comes to sales, whether you are a service-based business or a product-based business, the best way to sell something is by telling people what problem you're solving for them and the transformation that you're going to make in their life. So for example, with our storage bed furniture, it's like we're providing you this beautiful quality bed that also doubles as storage. So you'll be able to put all of that crap that you've got lying around your house in the drawers and you'll be able to have this beautiful experience where your room looks nice and clean. Yeah, because minimalism is part of our brand too. Like as you, if anyone who follows us has looked at our furniture, it's very minimalist in style. We don't have a lot of fancy joints or anything like that. And so we're really talking to the people who want a minimalist style in their room. And that's where our beds can come into play, tuck everything away, put it under the bed, you know, and dress it up with your nice other things in your room. Yeah. And I think if you're like, you know, we're going back to the dietitian thing again, what's the problem that you're going to solve? And if you are doing dietetics for people who've been through breast cancer, that in itself, there's your topics that you're going to talk about because people are coming to you with a pretty serious problem and they you're there to help them. So I think, you know, you need to value expertise, talk about the problems, the things you're going to sell, the transformation that you're providing. And that's what you should base all of your pricing and your sales strategy on. Yeah. The next one is avoid the hard sell. So this means basically just be an expert and don't try to like push people into a sale. Just keep showing up. Like we've been saying, be consistent, keep showing up, focus on the things that you really know a lot about and use that as your content. And people will start to trust you and realize that I want to buy into this person because they really know what they're talking about. And whatever they're offering, I believe in their product because they've already shown to me that they are an expert and they're not trying to like push their products down my throat and say, hey, we've got a sale on this, buy this now. It's like you just keep showing up to them every single day with the knowledge that you have and they're going to buy in. The word that I really like there is trust. And I think it's all about consistently just constantly showing up and saying, hey, I've got some really valuable information for you or, hey, here's a snippet of what's going on. And this is how you can get that like, no trust. And I think also like with dietetics and someone who's got a problem that's a health issue coming from a place of compassion and knowledge is all people really want. I think by being consistent the whole time with your information, constantly providing people with cool articles or studies or whatever it might be in your field that relates to people is certain things are going to hit on different people. And that's where the consistency comes in. You know, like not every article email we send to people is going to like affect someone and relate to them personally. But then you might one day hit on a perfect article for that person. And they're like, oh, wow, that really speaks to me. And that's why being consistent is really helpful as well. And this is where you don't need to be pushy with your sales. You just keep showing up, keep providing people with cool articles, information, stuff about your personality and your lifestyle and your brand and everything else. And that's where they're going to just trust you and be like, oh, I need a bed now. Oh, those guys, Alan Imo, I've seen them so many times. I really love what they do. I'm going to buy into that. Yep. The next one is be ready and available and stick to the stuff you know. So when anyone has... So to be an expert in your industry, you need to make sure that you're there ready to answer their questions if they have anything. If they need guidance or advice, you're there ready to answer their questions. So I think it's just important to have, you know, available ways of being contacted. Obviously, you want to set boundaries in place with your business, but I think it's also just people expect to be able to get answers if they've got questions. Yeah. And this is also where you need to learn how to say no to things that aren't 
aligned with what you actually do. And we have to do this all the time. People come to us with ideas for furniture or joinery or certain things that they want to build because we make custom furniture. And then it really doesn't align with our style, what we do, you know, you name it. It might not be a material we like to use. And we have to say no, just because we can doesn't mean we should and doesn't mean we're the best for it. But in this situation, it's always good to have people to refer them on to. Like we were saying before, if you don't know the answer to a question, it's the same thing. Have you got the person that you can refer them on to or find out the answer to? You just got to be ready to know what you know and what you want to do and be okay with saying no to people. Yeah, absolutely. The next is optimize your online presence. So we talked all about the blogging and the email list and the social media and stuff. Blogging is the best way to optimize your business for SEO. So essentially, when someone has a problem, the first thing they're going to do is type it into Google. So you want to make sure that your business is ranking to answer those questions. The other really good thing is like if you wanted to do video, YouTube gets prioritized in search rankings because it's also owned by Google as well. So if video is an area that you're like, yeah, I could do this, that's going to be for me or if blogging's where you want to put your time and effort, either one of those, I just think it's so important. You want to make sure that you are ranking for the search results for your specific niche or area. So the final one we've got here is to just be confident, calm, and approachable. And this is all to do with the customer's experience of your business and what you have to offer. You want to make it seem like it's so easy for them to talk to you and handle you as a business person and you've got all the answers like if they've got a question about oh when can we do this or what's the time frames you've got a quick answer off the top of your head you're well prepared you know what happens you know the processes and procedures within your business and you can just answer people freely off the top of your dome like that you know yeah I think also like you know you can probably think of a time when you've dealt with a business that's been really erratic And you've been like, whoa, that was like a really hectic experience. That was just like, I'm never going back there. Like I remember not long ago, Al and I went to a restaurant and they were like really understaffed, but the way they handled the whole situation was just so uncomfortable. And I was like, it was the worst restaurant experience I think you and I have ever had. And we just walked out of there being like, wow. And I've worked in hospitality before and I've worked in restaurants that have been severely understaffed. And there's also like, you know, as a business owner, you need to be able to stay calm in those situations. And this, like the restaurant owner was so fucking rude and was just like saying like terrible stuff to everyone. It was just a horrible experience. And I just remember thinking like, man, this, I felt really bad that he was under so much stress and pressure, but I also felt like it could have been handled so much better. And I just remember walking out of there being like, well, we're never going back there again. Yeah, hundred percent. And I feel like this is all part of the experience as a customer. You want to make that as good as you possibly can for them so that you get referrals, you get recommendations. You want to be the person who they come to and they're like, wow, that was such a great and easy experience to be with them. And I'm going to go back to them. You know, like we were saying in the previous episode, you want loyal customers. They're like the best example that you're doing something right because they're so happy with your service that they've come back or they've referred you on to someone else that's that's where the personality of your business rubs off and i think being confident and calm and really approachable is 
the main factor in those things. Yeah. And another like example I would say is like, if you're working with a business and they just like, they don't answer your calls or they don't get back to your emails or like you get a, a quick email on the fly being like, oh, just really busy at the moment. I'll, I'll get back to you next week. And then you just don't hear from them again. You need to make sure that your form of communication is really consistent. We keep coming back to this word consistency. And I think that is totally the main word of the whole thing about being an expert is just being consistent and the way you communicate with your customers. So do you pick up the phone and call people or do you email or do you have like strict you know, business hours. Do your customers know that? Like, how are they going to contact you? What boundaries have you got set in place? And how can you make sure that every single time you communicate with your customer, it's consistent? It's the same. It's the same level of service. And they feel very, you know, looked after throughout the whole experience of working with you. Yeah. And we've definitely made mistakes in this aspect of our business before in the past where we, we've gotten a bit frazzled. We've been like, oh no, we've got you know, an issue with a product or something, and we don't know how to approach the customer straight away. And now we've figured out over time that it's so easy for me to just jump on the phone to the customer and it just clears the air. And I have the answers, you know, like I think about what I need to say to them in in advance. And then I get on the phone and I just say, hey, look, we've figured out what the problem is. I'm going to do this, this, and this for you. And we're going to sort it out. And then that just really relieves the customer if there is an issue. And so, yeah, this being confident and calm, it also means you have to be that way in those stressful situations and show that you're going to figure it out for them. Yeah. I think one of the best life lessons, not even just in business, is try to always go to someone with a solution, not a problem. Yeah. And I always try to do this with you too, Al. Like if something comes up in our business or in our personal life, I, I try to troubleshoot in my head before I even come to you, particularly if it's something, you know, super stressful. Whereas like if I just came to you being like, fuck, like this is a problem and then you freak out and I've like interrupted your workflow and then all of a sudden we're both just stressing about something. Like I could, you know, potentially take five minutes, come to you with like my thoughts, my solution that I've come up with in your head, in my head, then you can go like, oh, you know what, that's a pretty good solution, but how about we do it, you know, this tweak to it as well. And then rather than it being like this super stressful, you know, boiling pot of just emotion. Yeah, uh, I think the main underlying thing at this is we're all going to have bad days here and there, but you never want your customer to be roped into your bad days. So try to be that like calm, approachable business owner that has all the answers. And, you know, like we were saying before many times, like if you don't have the answers, say that you'll go away and find the right answer for them. So we'll just run you through a bit of a recap on what we've spoken about today. So these are 10 tips to position yourself as an expert in your industry. Number one, consistency is key. Number two is be visible. Three, establish your niche. Four, keep studying and stay informed. Five, stay concise, stay relevant. Number six, value your expertise and others will too. Number seven, avoid the hard sell. Number eight, be ready and available and stick to the stuff you know. Nine, optimize your online presence. And number 10, be confident, calm and approachable. All right, guys, we hope you've got some valuable information out of this episode. We'd love for you guys to sign up to TalkShop Insiders. It's our private Facebook group, like I mentioned before. It's a great place for us to connect. Also, join the waitlist for Successful Furniture Makers course. We've got another course round coming out next year and we cannot wait to get a new bunch of students in. And speaking of 
the Successful Furniture Makers course, I received the loveliest email this week. So this is from Tanya and she said, hey guys, I just wanted to reach out and personally thank you both for being so generous and sharing your business journey and all of the tips. My husband and I have a furniture making business based on the Sunshine Coast and we're going through a bit of a lull at the moment. So your podcast is giving me the motivation and inspiration to give our business a branding refresh and to learn how to better market ourselves outside of social media. It's been such a learning curve for us and I have no prior experience in running a business or marketing. And I think our lack of marketing is what's really let us down in the past. I'm slowly implementing all of your tips, starting with refreshing our website and starting email marketing next. Please keep sharing all of the goodness. I've also registered for your next course. Thanks a million, Tanya. So Tanya, we cannot wait to personally meet you and your partner inside the Successful Furniture Makers course next year in January. For anybody else listening out there, join the join the wait list, register your interest. We would absolutely love to have you come and join us for our 12-week business and marketing course. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye. Bye.